if you are running a business, you are supposed to follow these sanctions. You know, you are supposed to check if you're not um, not helping uh, these sanctions uh, person to use uh, their money. Um, and with Monero, you just have one last problem because there is no way to tell. So, you know, you did all you could to tell if you're not helping sanctioned right. persons. Uh, you looked at the transactions, all look the same. So uh, no problem. So, so yes, it is easier as long as it is not banned completely. Monero Talk is sponsored by Cake Wallet, a trustless open source wallet that gives you the keys to your crypto. Invoice, donate, and trade your Monero with peace of mind, piece of cake. And by StealthyX, an instant exchange where privacy is a top concern. Go to StealthyX.io to instantly exchange between Monero and 450 plus assets without having to create an account or register and with no limits. Making StealthyX a simple way to purchase Monero with crypto anonymously. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in monerotalk.crypto in your monero.com or cake wallet send address field to send us a tip. This week on Monero Talk. Douglas Tuman interviews Uri Bednar, an OG crypto anarchist and entrepreneur active in the Bitcoin and hacking communities. Together, they discuss censorship of certain Bitcoin transactions, such as CoinJoin, what would happen if a group of censoring mining pools would exceed 50% of the hash rate, how Monero's total fungibility gives centralized actors deniability when questioned by the government compared to Bitcoin, possible solutions to Bitcoin's fees and scaling problems, whether Bitcoin is living up to its crypto anarchist roots, and much more. Monero Talk starts now. You're uh good morning. Good morning, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> My morning, your afternoon, or actually, I don't know where you are these days. Yes, it's afternoon, one p.m. Okay, right now. You're you're, you're back in uh, you're back in the homeland. Yes, yes. For a few days, I'm uh, getting prepared. There's the largest European hacker conference. Uh, uh, between Christmas and New Year's uh, in Germany. All right, and it's four. Uh, it it was run uh, running. It was supposed to be fourteenth uh, uh, year, so it's as old as me. Uh, but it unfortunately during COVID the, it uh, didn't happen uh, because of the German paranoia. <laughs> And uh, I'm excited. After three years, I get to see thousands of hackers. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been the 40th year. Yes. Wow. I didn't realize it was that Amazing. that old. Wow. Really? Who? It is. It is. Who started that? Uh, it's um, uh, a Chaos Communication Congress. So there, they right. have be, uh, they had uh, something like. Um, um, like a hackerspace or something like that uh, movement in Germany for quite a long time. Um, uh, they have clubs, uh, Chaos Communication Club. Uh, and you can actually, it's a very interesting um, hacker history in Europe. Uh, there's a, 
Um, there's a really interesting book about it um, because the KGB used to uh, pay um, East German and West German hackers with uh, money and cocaine to hack into uh, like US um, uh, US uh, like um, nuclear research facilities and stuff like that. It's a fascinating story. And there has been a movie about that, which is called 23. Uh, like the number 23 uh, and it has quite a lot of European hacker history so I highly recommend uh, watching it and there's this story of uh, of hacking of the US nuclear program but also of the of the like early hacker, hacker culture in Germany so a good watch for the for the holidays <laughs> yeah it's a good watch for the hol- that's amazing I didn't realize I didn't realize it was that old. Um, I know we, we, yeah. we interviewed people from there a couple of years ago when uh, there were some Monero speakers, uh, Monero talks going on over there at the, yeah. at the Hackers yeah. Congress. But I never realized it was that old, 40 years old. That's amazing. Yes. Oh, <laughs> you know, I look at Bitcoin and it's like, you know, we're not talking three years, five years. We're, we're, we're in decades now, right? Like, yes, yes. Like, I can't believe we're this, yeah, we're this far along, right? Before you know it, we're going to be like, oh, 20 years in Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, which is why I wanted to bring you on, man. Um, you're obviously you're one of the most, uh, I guess, one of the most well-versed Bitcoiners I know. Um, one of those that's, you know, truly sticking to this, the cypherpunk crypto, crypto anarchist ideals. Um you have an ability to, I feel like, like to really have that adversarial mindset and understand the ecosystem and what the attack vectors may be. Uh, so I wanted to bring you on because I feel like there's a lot going on in Bitcoin land right now. Obviously, you have like the ETF that's happening, and I feel like 98% of Bitcoiners are focused on that. But then you have all this, this other stuff that's happening on, on the side, like we're seeing potentially more OFAC compliant mining happening. We're seeing um, uh, KYC mining pools become popular. We're seeing, uh, you know, miners potentially trying to censor certain certain types of transactions, not even just OFAC compliant transactions, but uh, transactions that don't have ordinals in them or NFTs. So I wanted to bring you on to get, get your take and understanding of how you currently see the Bitcoin ecosystem. I actually haven't been following that closely. I'm over here in Monero land using my, my digital cash, talking about that all the time. Uh, but I see these things going on and I want to try to have a better understanding of, of mm-hmm. what, what is really happening. That's, that's why I wanted to reach out to you. Sure. Let's do it. So, I haven't so, been following the monkey JPEGs on Bitcoin that much either, <laughs> but the mining, yeah. mining stuff and everything is interesting. So, yeah, let, let, let's let's start with that because I think the first time I had you on was I don't know it was maybe three years ago now. I don't know. Like, like we said, everything's moving so fast, yeah. and we had a yeah. fantastic conversation. It was about an article or a blog you had posted where you laid out um, what OFAC compliant made compliance may look like on the Bitcoin mining network. And you kind of mm-hmm. played out the game theory of how it could happen. Uh, and this was this was early on. This was before we had even, I think, 
I think even seen the first attempts at doing it and you kind of described how it could happen and then how perhaps the larger mining network could start could start to adopt it and do that. So why don't we talk about that issue? Because I think recently we saw some other uh, attempts at move, move, you know, moving the, the, the Bitcoin mining ecosystem in this direction. What is your current take there? Have things kind of played out to what you had originally theorized? Or are they starting to play out in that, in that way? So uh, not necessarily. I think there's a qualitative switch, uh, which happens when uh, more than half of the miners start censoring. And they start censoring also blocks of, uh, uh, of the non-censoring miners. That's, the, that's uh, the point when you will have completely censored Bitcoin. So I will, I will explain what that means. That would mean basically a soft fork. Uh, so for those who are kind of lo lost in terms of soft fork and hard fork. So Monero does hard fork, um, I think roughly every six months, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe once a year. And hard fork um, is uh, relaxing of the rules. So it introduces a new feature by saying, okay, uh, now uh, something that was not a, a valid transaction or a valid block will, will be a valid block. A soft fork um, is relax, uh, uh, is um, uh, not relaxing, but it's making the rules more strict. So that would be censorship, for example. Uh, but uh, it's also uh, also a way to introduce new features. Uh, for example, uh, SegWit was a was a soft fork um, on on Bitcoin. So um, so if uh, let let's say all the miners at the, at the same time they decide, okay, uh, no monkey JPEGs. You know, if we identify that this is a bad transaction, we will just not mine it. Uh, so all the users that are running their node software, they see a valid chain, uh, it passes all the checks because uh, it just doesn't include some transactions, but uh, the transactions that are included are all valid. So miners can introduce soft fork. For hard fork, you need uh, to convince every node runner to actually upgrade as well. Uh, so soft fork is backwards compatible, you don't have to touch your node software. Uh, and uh, you basically, uh, like, uh, unless uh, you are looking at the mempool and some auditing pa pages, you wouldn't even notice that a soft fork happened without, without you doing anything. So it's basically not including um, transactions of certain type or um, or uh, uh, based on some kind of rule, for example, uh, the um, uh, OFAC uh, uh, sanction address or monkey JPEG or whatever, uh, too big uh, op return. Op return is a way to include data. So some, some nodes uh, allow only 40 bytes, some nodes allow 80 bytes and don't propagate, don't mine. Um, so, uh, for soft fork, uh, you need uh, compliance of more than a half of the hash, hash rate. That's the, that's the rule. Uh, other than that, uh, what would happen is that 
uh, a censoring miner could say, okay, I'm not including the monkey JPEG, but uh, the next miner will include it because it pays the fee. So what is happening right now is that there's a mining pool uh, called Ocean, uh, which uh, doesn't include certain transactions. It's based, I think, uh, one of the rules is uh, it's based on the length of the op return, uh, which uh, uh, covers not only monkey JPEGs, but uh, uh, if I uh, understand it correctly, or also uh, the first transaction in the Samurai Coin Join, for example. The whirlpool. So, sure. so. Hmm? Sorry? Yeah, the, the whirlpool transactions, right? In Samurai are effectively being filtered yes. out. Yes. Yep. Uh, I'm not. Uh, yes, 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 you're right. Um, so. Uh, so what happens is okay. Uh, the ocean pool um, is is mining. It sees some transactions in the mempool, but it decides according to its rules. I am not going to include this transaction because uh, uh, I'm configured to reject these kind of transactions. Uh, so they mine a block without these transactions included, even though they pay a uh, large enough fee, high enough fee. And uh, what happens, uh, because it's a minority pool, what happens is that uh, the next miner will probably mine it. So there are a few things to, uh, to unpack here. So first of all, um, the only thing that happens is that uh, the transactions are mined a little bit later. I don't know what's the current hash rate of Ocean, but uh, uh, but uh, when when I was looking at it, they they created one block per week or something. So it's not like you know you're waiting twice as long or something for for your transaction to come out. So it was actually um, a, a bit of research um, of people who are, who were looking at mempool and seeing what transactions should be included in the next block and why they were not included uh, to figure out that uh, what kind of transactions they're, uh, they're not including. Uh, from the point of view of, for example, uh, Samurai Whirlpool user, uh, it's not a big problem. They, they will just wait one more, one more block and it's okay so far because of the hash rate. Mm -hmm. uh, from the point of view of miner uh, that is using the ocean mining pool, uh, they're losing on fees because uh, the the mining pool, the software of the mining pool decided, okay, uh, we are not mining this transaction, even though we would make more in fees by including this transaction. So basically, if you are a user of this pool, you're not maximizing your profit. So, uh, so um, first of all, I think it's not a good service for the miners right now because they're losing some revenue, uh, probably it will uh, not be much, but uh, but still, <laughs> uh, I think the service that the pool provides is, uh, um, well, they, they, they provide um, uh, kind of reducing the variability of rewards uh, by splitting um, the rewards of the uh, 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 um, proportional to the hash rate. Uh, to all the miners. So normally, if you are, uh, if you would be a solo miner, if you would not mine in a mining pool, you would find, you know, one block 
for better, I don't know, five years, uh, depending on your hash rate. Um, if you use a mining pool, the goal is to have the have the, basically the same reward, but split over the time uh, um, uh, or distributed over the over the time as you're as you're mining. So uh, right now, uh, it's, uh, I think not a very good service for the miners, but uh, but it's not a big problem. So my article was about this this qualitative switch. So what if uh, Ocean said uh, that not only I do not mind these transactions, but if anyone else mines them, I will discard the block. That's the soft fork. I will say, okay, someone else mined uh, uh, whatever. Let's uh, let's pick the Whirlpool transaction. Someone else mined the Whirlpool transaction, mm -hmm. and because of my configuration. I decide that this is not a valid block, so I will throw it out, and I don't I don't care about the block, and I will continue uh, mining the chain uh, that doesn't include uh, this block. Mm -hmm. So right now, because Ocean has uh, almost uh, uh, it it has very very small hash rate compared to the rest of the network, like zero point four percent or something. Um, what would happen is that uh, Ocean would not mine any <laughs> any blocks and they would uh, basically disappear from the radar. But what if uh, Ocean became part of a cartel or part of a similarly configured um, uh, mining pools that uh, would have more than half of the hash rate? Then the situation would flip completely because the minority miners would include these transactions, but the majority would reject them. Mm -hmm. So actually, the miners that were not censoring would be left out. They, they would not be part of the, the, of the longest uh, proof of work uh, uh, chain or didn't include uh, the most work. Which is the criterion for uh, for which chain is actually the truth as seen um, by the network? So even though they would be censoring, uh, what would happen is that uh, uh, that uh, basically even even if my node would see okay, these guys are not including some some of the valid transactions. Uh, the rule is I follow the longest chain that follows the rules. So I would, uh, um, so my node without again any uh, censoring changes uh, uh, in configuration in my node, my node would just follow the censoring chain. Uh, so right now it's not a problem. Uh, there are there is uh, actually to the to uh, credit of uh, Ocean what they are. Uh, trying to implement as soon as possible is a protocol called Stratum 2. Uh, I think I mentioned it last time I was on the on the show as well. Uh, and there are there is uh, I think one or two um, uh, one or two pools that already implemented it. Um, it's a new protocol uh, for mining, uh, which allows the end miners to construct the block. So it doesn't. It wouldn't matter if you use this protocol to connect to the pool. 
uh, the miner itself would provide a block template and it doesn't matter how the how the pool is configured because uh, the miner would mine a valid block and uh, they would just broadcast it uh, uh, to the network and uh, it doesn't so so in this case um, uh, uh, what matters is the configuration of the of the end miner not of the pool so that that would be great. Uh, it's being slowly deployed. Uh, it's uh, I, I'm joking that it's a little bit like the Light Network that used to be 18 months in the future for <laughs> a few years now. <laughs> now. Now Lightning is quite okay. So so Stratum has been in development for uh, Stratum two has been in development for uh, quite a long time too. But now it's slowly being deployed, and um, as um, uh, as uh, miners start using it, uh, I think um, I think it's going to help a lot. Uh, so that's the that that's the kind of first overview. Uh, and one major question right now is, who are the miners or pools, depending on who creates the block templates? Where are they, and what do what do they have to do? Because if I was, for example, in the US and the state told me you cannot mine blocks uh, that include the sanctioned transactions, otherwise, whatever, you'll go to jail or you'll have to pay a fine or something. I wouldn't want to threaten my business by including some, you know, North Korean money launderer or something like that. So I would say, okay, screw them. I, I will not earn this little fee and I will just not mine the transaction. Um, so some of the pools uh, that were not including these sanctioned transactions were doing it because of this. Okay, I, I, I'm running a business. Uh, I'm, um, I need to mine the blog reward and the fees and, uh, and, um, uh, uh, and I pay for electricity. So, you know, why make 20 bucks by including all business, uh, let someone else mine it. So, so mm -hmm. this is kind of the situation right now. It's not a problem because uh, some other miner, whatever in Russia, in China, or wherever else in Europe, in Paraguay, uh, will mine this transaction. So right now it's not a problem. What will be a problem is if uh, the state comes to the miner and says, not only you can't mine a block with these transactions, but if someone else does, you have to treat it as invalid block. You know, it's not a valid transaction. And if you continue with this chain, uh, you have a problem, you know, jail or fine. <laughs> um, uh, then the question is, uh, okay, uh, so what's the hash rate of people that uh, that have this rule forced upon them? You know, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, evil miner or something like that. You know, probably you, if you were mining, you you invested in ASICs and the data center, and if some some whatever. SEC, FBI, OFAG, or whatever kind of agents you have comes with a gun and says, okay, do your thing, but except of this transaction and except of blocks that contain these transactions, you will probably comply. I, I, I know that I would definitely. 
uh, I'm not uh, in the mood for going to jail for <laughs> for including some transaction. So, so this is the reason why actually uh, people have been working on Stratum two uh, 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 in order to say, I didn't mind this. You know, we only coordinate uh, payouts for the. Uh, for, uh, I mean, for the mining pool, you know, so the mining pool can say, okay, we didn't mind the transaction. The miner actually does the mining and creates the blocks. We only distribute rewards. Uh, that's our business. We don't do anything else. So we have no control of what kind of transactions the, the miners include. So that's kind of the high level overview. Uh, okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe more than high level. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. So how do you see things now compared to when you first started uh, talking about the, the direction things may go? Um, is, is So is Stratum there as, as a solution and we don't have to worry about it? Or is there a scenario where we potentially do start to see censorship on the mining network because of these things playing out where governments come down, they mandate, they mandate OFAC compliant transactions, uh, and they mandate that miners can't mine on top of uh, transactions that aren't OFAC compliant, or it's not a, it's not a problem, um, stratum or something else will solve it. Uh, I hope Stratum will solve it. Now it's used by only some first pools, so it's very, very early on. So uh, the the answer we don't have to worry about it will become when uh, majority of hash rate switches to uh, to this kind of um, uh, this kind of protocol. Um, also, if it is just US who uh, mandates this, I don't think US uh, has majority of hash rate right now, so I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, it's basically uh, miners would probably move somewhere else because if with this rule they will uh, they will not be profitable. Uh, but uh, the problem is not local uh, local rule by local I mean federal US wise uh, but the problem is if this is enforced by uh, by an organization such as the, the financial action task force which makes global anti-money laundering rules I don't know how well they can enforce this uh, but this is possible uh, I think I mean, that's uh, usually where those rules derive from, right? It usually starts with with them, and then countries start adopting from there, right? It uh, depends on the rule, but uh, that's one of the that's one of the ways that these uh, rules are introduced. Sometimes it's US or Europe introducing it, and then uh, financial action task force adopting it. Sometimes it's the other way around. Uh, for example, the, the latest uh, European anti-money laundering uh, uh, directive uh, is based on, um, on these uh, FATFA recommendations. They call it recommendations because, you know, it's, it's not a regulation. It's just a recommendation. Um, so they were enforced even before this, uh, uh, this rule uh, was adopted by European Parliament. Uh, and uh, the way uh, that these rules can be enforced, because uh, Financial Action Task Force is a, a non-profit uh, 
uh, they sit in uh, in offices of um, OECD in Paris, you know, and it's I don't know, 15 people or 30 people, I don't know how ma how many, and they have no, you know, no one voted for them. They, they're just there and they're writing their papers. So, so why do they matter? You know, why yeah. why should I comply uh, with what they write in 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 their PDFs and publish on their website? Um, and the thing is that uh, it's enforced uh, through network effects of the payment networks. Uh, so this uh, this strategy was actually, uh, I think, used uh, in in context of finance uh, uh, and tax enforcement. I would say by the US uh, with the uh, with the FATCA uh, law. Uh, which was made in the same way. Uh, I don't know if you, if the, the um, viewers and listeners are familiar with uh, uh, with FATCA. Um, it's a US law uh, that uh, is uh, for tax compliance and for reporting of uh, US tax residents and citizens or US persons, as they call it. They always <laughs> make up these weird words that. <laughs> You know, but I, I know I'm definitely not a US person, but <laughs> <laughs> I still have to fill the form though. So that pisses me off a little bit. Anyway, um, so the way that it's enforced is they say, um, dear foreign banks, you have two options. You either comply or you don't have to comply. You know, we have no like legislative power over you. But if you don't comply, if you touch the US financial system, we will just tax it 30% by default. So it's your choice. It's you're free to choose. <laughs> uh, but uh, let us know if you if you are complying, and if you're not complying, we will just tax you. Uh, if you whatever, if a customer buys a U.S. Treasury or U.S. stock or anything, we will just by default uh, 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 take 30%, give it to the IRS, and then you can stay non-compliant. So everyone compliant. There is not a single entity uh, in, in the banking system right now who didn't comply uh, with the um, uh, with the FATCA regulation. So, uh, so it's the same with this financial action task force. Uh, these are recommendations, uh, but uh, if you want, let's say you have a financial institution, you are whatever electronic money transmitter such as Venmo, or you you. Uh, want to join the payment network, SEPA payment network, ACH uh, wires, or whatever kind of payment network, you will probably connect to another financial institution. And their first question is, okay, what is your AML policy? What kind of recommendations do you follow? Oh, you don't follow the industry standard financial action task for regulations. Sorry, we cannot connect you to the rest of the banking system. Goodbye. <laughs> um, so the question, uh, why, I'm, why, why this uh, super long tangent, uh, the question is how connected uh, do the miners have to be to the financial system? Mm -hmm. So if I'm a miner, I probably need a bank account uh, to pay for electricity. If I come to a bank and I say, hello, I'm a company, uh, they ask me first, okay, so what do you do? Uh, so I will have to say that I'm a miner because they will see transactions from exchanges probably. 
uh, and uh, of course uh, you're not supposed to lie and defraud the banker you should always answer truthfully um, by the way this is kind of weird because when i was starting my first business no one asked me what i do you know they were they, they are my service provider and they uh, i'm paying them to send and receive money and store money for me what is their business what what i do right. there is no opportunity for I, you to lie you're just Yes, uh, yes. Hello. Yeah. Ah, you, you started a new company. Here you go. Here's a bank account. Now they ask uh, a bunch of questions, which is kind of weird, I think. Anyway, so they ask you this and uh, and when you say, OK, I'm a miner, they say, ah, OK. So do you comply with this uh, uh, anti-money laundering? Well, what kind of transactions do you mine? <laughs> have you do you have a policy that you uh, that you are not mining these uh, bad transactions? Uh, do you have a policy that you don't follow um, follow the bad chain with uh, with the money laundering and and all these things? So this can this can definitely happen. Uh, in my original article, it was not actually about uh, sanctioned transactions uh, that much. Um, my first question was this, all this uh, ESG craze uh, of uh, uh, en environmental, social and governance things. That is, uh, I don't know about US, but in um, in Europe, it's getting kind of crazy. So, uh, so what I can ask you is, okay, uh, can you... Uh, uh, can you prove that uh, that you use whatever sustainable green energy? Oh, okay. So you're a miner. You're not using green energy. Goodbye. We cannot open a bank account for you. So this is a way how this can be enforced without a single law passed. So that's that's interesting, you know, because we are often thinking in these terms. Okay, so. Uh, politicians you know they they introduce these bills they vote for them the president signs them and all this you know democratic dance <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh, but the rules uh, in finance are actually uh, a bit faster than that uh, sometimes so it's really really would just be the, the banking industry self-regulating right like like yes. you said um yes financial action task force coming up with these rules or some other organization uh, and then the banks adopting them. And then if you want to work with the banks in any way, you're forced to, to comply. Yes. Uh, and as, as you're pointing out, mo as much as we, the goal is to opt out, uh, practically speaking, if you're running a large mining network, you have to usually interface with the traditional system in some way, right? Whether it's paying your electric bill, whatever it is, you're, you're running a business, um, right? So it's it's very hard to avoid that interface with the traditional system. And that's, well, that's, why, that's why I like Monero because uh, the, the point of Monero is, you know, everyone should be running uh, their own miner. And uh, right. then, you know, like if you are, uh, if you have a residential, you know property uh, you're just paying electricity and uh, and the worst thing that can happen to you is <laughs> you use uh, uh, more energy than usual and they come and check if you are growing wheat <laughs> which is what is happening quite a lot uh, but uh, for they, example they, they, I care more about whether or not you're running a miner than what than whether you're growing wheat I think it's it's become a larger yeah. especially a larger crime <laughs> yeah yeah 
I, for example, I produce my own energy or part of it. Uh, I, I have recently installed a photovoltaic system, and it's and it's great. So even even this is, you know, with with uh, uh, with uh, Monero, it's more um, the idea is okay if it's peer to peer cash. Uh, maybe you know peers should be should be mining. So at at least uh, in theory, uh, I think in practice uh, a lot of mining is done by some botnets or something. And I I'm not very familiar, but I think it's uh, also what is happening in Monero. Um, but uh, this this ship has sailed in Bitcoin. There there is no way you can be a profitable miner uh, at home. Uh, at scale, you know, you need expensive hardware that takes like uh, I don't know <laughs> kilowatts of electricity, and it's not something you can do in your camper van. Or <laughs> well, the the other issue too. So you have the 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 tendency towards ASIC mining, right? Um, and that, like you said, ship a sale there. It's that's forever. That's the way it's going to be. If anything, I don't. I don't know how you how bad you see it getting in terms of centralization of miners. Um, but the other issue is just the transparency of the chain. So they ha- you you have this ability to censor transactions because you can peer into them and see the transactions themselves. Um, which I don't foresee Bitcoin ever overcoming that issue as well. Right? Me neither. Uh- uh, what a Bitcoiner would say to this is that, uh, uh, for example, uh, if uh, someone says that uh, uh, Monero is basically doing coin join on every transaction uh, or kind of like a privacy way, they can say, okay, then then if you cannot uh, exclude sanctioned transactions, then mining Monero itself is Ill- illegal. So, so it turns it, the, the fungibility basically turns it into either you can mine it or you cannot mine it. You know, you cannot uh, differentiate among transactions because they, um, not exactly, but they mostly look the same. So Monero is fungible, um, but it doesn't mean they cannot say, okay, uh, uh, you Just have bad. to enforce, you know. Right. Yes, it's the same way. So, so for example, um, it's the same with exchanges. So many exchanges uh, would refuse, uh, you know, coin joint transactions. For example, on Bitcoin, um, and Monero people said, "Oh, we don't have this problem," uh, but. Yes, you do have this problem because uh, they will just delist Monero on the exchange and not support it at all. <laughs> so, so that, that's their solution for the for the coin, coin join. So that's that's what happened. I think I, I was telling the story um, uh, uh, last time I was on here um, that uh, my friends were running uh, an ATM network, uh, Bitcoin and Monero ATM network. And at some point, the exchange, uh, which supports Monero by itself, it has Monero, Euro, Monero, USD pair, said, oh, you're running uh, an ATM. Uh, You don't know who your customers are because you allow anonymous uh, deposits and withdrawals. All good, but you need to delist Monero. We will not uh, support you as a company using this pair, even though we allow it on on the exchange, you know? 
because you cannot show that the transactions are not coin joined, that you know it's not used for money laundering and so on. Um, because of this, uh, sorry, uh, you can be our customers as long as you don't support Monero. So this is what, what happened. So it's the same that can happen for mining. On the other hand, uh, it's, um, if it's not banned, it's a very nice plausible deniability, you know, because now you're kind of, um, um, well, you, if you are running a business, you are supposed to follow these sanctions. You know, you are supposed to check if you're not, um, not helping uh, these sanctions uh, person to use uh, their money. Um, and with Monero, you just have one last problem because there is no way to tell. So, you know, you did all you could to tell if you're not helping sanctioned right. persons. Uh, you looked at the transactions, all look the same. So uh, no problem. So, so yes, it is easier as long as it is not banned completely. That's, that's right, kind right, of... Right. Easy and, decision, <laughs> and we, we don't know how that would play out either, right? I mean, at, no. at that point, I, th I I personally think here in the U.S., if we were to move in that direction, there would at least be some kind of Supreme Court case or or something that would have to happen uh, for for us to get to the point where Monero is actually banned by the United States government, and yes. then I think you start to go into the territory of you know, you're, it's equivalent to banning the use of just encryption tools overall, right? Um, so, I, for example, this happened in, uh, um, I'm not sure if only Dubai or whole United Arab Emirates, mm -hmm. they banned uh, privacy coins. Yes. What is interesting, they explicitly allowed uh, Litecoin. So it's it's written that Litecoin is allowed, which has the Mimble Wimble extension blocks, which are pretty yeah. private as well. So I didn't it's, realize it's, that. Okay. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know how that turns out, but yes. somebody over there, somebody over there owns a lot of Litecoin, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or or maybe they wrote the law before before the Mimble Wimble extension block. I don't know, uh, but there are definitely countries that. Uh, that uh, went this uh, went on this path of uh, banning uh, private mm -hmm. uh, transactions. I still hope that US uh, will not go this way and will uh, will keep parts of freedom. Not sure about Europe anymore, uh, but uh, well, um, I'm very hopeful for the for the courts in the in the US. Uh, not so hopeful when I read uh this uh lady that you have there senator warren <laughs> oh my god uh, did, did you see did you see that she's uh, uh she's uh, uh she has an unhosted wallet in her brain <laughs> she, she wants to ban, ban our, our, our 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 thinking in our brains right ban our memories yes. <laughs> no, I, I I've read that some someone took some words that she said uh, and created a, a wallet out of the words and sent some uh, some money there, uh, some Bitcoin there. So now she's uh, she is really uh, she operates an unhosted wallet in her own brain, which she wants to ban. So quite a nice nice <laughs> um, joke. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see her. I haven't been following that super closely either, but I don't see that. I know she. I know she gained some traction with that. There's, she has some people like 
you know, whatever co-signing the bill that have come behind her. Um, but I don't see that passing the way, the way it is. I mean, uh, I would be, what that, it, that would be shocking, right? She basically wants I've, to ex- extend the bank secrecy act to include cryptocurrency where all transactions have to be, you know, everybody using Bitcoin have to be KYC AML and, and, you know, no, uh, miners are, are considered money transmitters at that point nodes, anybody running a node, um, and anybody making a Bitcoin transaction is to be the equivalent of making a, you know, a, a banking transaction at that point. I don't see it passing either, although I'm not as, uh, you know, I don't follow it uh, in s- such a detail in the US. Uh, but the problem is that uh, it's kind of normalizing the conversation, you know, it's, uh, it's like, oh, we should be talking about this. This is a really a problem. Some, you know, some people even introduce the bill. Um, and, uh, okay, if it doesn't pass, we should at least be talking about it. And, you know, it, it kind of changes the conversation. So I, I think this is the main problem of, uh, uh, of these bills is that they basically normalize this conversation uh, of uh, it's okay for government to uh, force identify you and to look at your every move. Uh, so I don't like it, even though I'm pretty sure it will not pass. Do you love coffee and Monero as much as we do? Consider making gratuitous.org your daily cup. Pay with Monero for premium fresh beans. And if you like what you taste, send a digital cash tip directly to the farmers that made it possible. Proceeds help us grow this channel, gratuitous and Monero. So kind of, you know, give us your overall conclusion then on this topic of essentially censorship in the Bitcoin mining network. Is it a problem or is it going to get worse? Uh, ultimately, does it does it not matter? Um, and, you know, if we do, if we do see it becoming um, a part of all Bitcoin transactions, what does Bitcoin then become? What what is Bitcoin? Like I don't I don't see Bitcoin going away anytime soon, right? Uh, like we said, the you know the the ETF is about to happen. It seems like if anything, it's it's gaining more adoption, but through that process, it also seems to be becoming co opted. Um, do you agree with that overall kind of? analysis that that bitcoin is is becoming more adopted but also more defanged in terms of its its purpose of being uh you know uh, unstoppable yes you're completely right i don't know what will prevail uh the freedom properties of bitcoin uh, getting into hands of more and more people that's the adoption on one hand, which is great, you know, if it's free enough and it spreads enough, then it will overall, uh, in overall, or, uh, be uh, be a good for uh, be be good for liberty. Um, on the other hand, it's going to be also used by a lot of normies, and uh, it's going to be a little bit boring, less cypherpunk. You know, people will say, oh, what is this, you know, hardware wallet and addresses I don't understand. I will just 
log into my broker and I, I will just buy the ETF. I don't care. Uh, so, um, so in this case, by the way, I like that at least it's not proof of stake because uh, in this case, uh, BlackRock or the or the other ETF operators would have pretty large stake because they will be managing coins. So mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Ethereum, this this the ETF is going to be a much large. bigger problem, I think. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know um, what will happen. We, we see this kind of normalization of it becoming just another asset. Uh, I don't know if it's good or bad. You know, I like to be more on the punk side and, uh, you know, um, uh, I, I like, you know, playing with these technologies. I, I used PGP, you know, bothering my friends to, you know, cut and paste these strings of encrypted messages <laughs> into email and stuff like that. And and I like that, you know. So for me, uh, Bitcoin is something else than for a grandma that wants to just, you know, have... A, one percent of their retirement savings in something else than U.S. Treasuries or or whatever else. So um, I don't know what will be the re- the result. As for the censorship itself, I wouldn't panic right now. I think there's a pretty good game plan that we see is actually being followed by Bitcoiners, which is the Stratum uh, two. I think even the fact that everyone is discussing it, that there are there are websites uh, and uh, and people who are analyzing uh, the mempool and the transactions that should have been mined, and they were raising red flags. You know, ah, oh, there's a transaction that should have been mined according to the fees and rules, and they were left out for some reason. People are watching this closely, so it's not people are not lethargic and you know just watching the price. Uh, something is happening and they are uh, uh so so i like that we have discussion i like that we have technological solutions uh and i hope that uh they will be def- deployed fast enough uh in order uh, for this not to be a problem i don't think future is certain but i'm optimistic in this case for for the future of mining at least I think the bigger problem is the uh, the, u- the usability of uh, these non-fungible coins. You know, what can you send to the exchange? What you know, uh, if I receive Bitcoin as a payment, do I have to do deep analysis uh, uh, to see if it's not whatever coming from uh, hack from North Korea or something, or can I just receive it? You know, mm-hmm. so. So this is a much bigger problem, and uh, the only useful solution to this uh, is Lightning because it doesn't have history. Uh, but uh, but this is something that I think um, will become a little bit uh, bigger problem than than mining itself. Yeah, that's that's the next topic I wanted to get into. Good, good, good segue. So, what's your your take on the Lightning Network and? And just what we're seeing with Bitcoin in terms of its its fees, right? So that was always part of the plan. Um, well, not always, always, but at some point became part of the plan with the fix with the fixed block size. That for for Bitcoin to work, for there to be incentives for the miners to continue to mine, right? For there to be enough hash power, 
uh, value would need to come from somewhere. Uh, and if you could only fit so many transactions in a block, then that value is going to come from higher and higher transaction fees, right? And we're starting to see that. And now we're starting to see it kind of on an exponential level because the 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 blockchain is being used for things other than just transactions. Mm-hmm. How do you see this playing out? Is this is this bad for Bitcoin or does this mean Bitcoin just kind of becomes something else? I'm glad that it's happening now and not when there's 10x more people uh, because that that would be bad. They, they would be pissed. So we have a, actually like a real-time um, uh, way to, to fix this. Uh, so first, uh, I would uh, like to appreciate the way that Monero is solving this problem. I think uh, that is not... Uh, appreciated a lot but uh, Monero has uh, dynamic block size and tail emission and both of these in, in combination should keep the fees low and uh, and pay for the for the security budget for the for the mining uh, so this solution will not happen uh, on Bitcoin even though there are Bitcoiners who uh, who think at least tail emission is a good idea. I think Peter Todd had a talk at Monerotopia about this, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, but, uh, uh, but I'm glad that there is another system that, uh, that looks at it differently because experimentation is good. And I, I think this is uh, probably a good solution. So the tail emission, what, what it does, that, so tail emission means that uh, there will always be a block reward of new coins. So there will always be some tiny inflation. Uh, it will, as a, as a percentage of the, of the amount of um, the the units in circulation it will go down because it will be fixed at some point so percentage wise the uh, the emission will be lower and lower uh, but what this means is that uh, for security uh, it's not only the people who make transactions that pay for security but also people who, who just hold because the the new units kind of devalue their their right. holdings. It's kind so of a tax, I, tax on the on the holders, right? Yes, yes. Right. So, which is happening right now on Bitcoin as well, because Bitcoin also has emission right now. So, so right now, um, even in this high fee environment, uh, the the blog reward uh, from the newly minted coins is. Uh, still at least the same maybe a little bit higher um, uh, at least until next halving uh, so this is way how bitcoin finances uh, mining as well so uh, but this will end in uh, uh, 2140 or i don't know when exactly i think some something like that so um, so monero solution is kind of uh, kind of nice i think um so what are uh, bitcoin is super conservative so if you say uh, tail emission doesn't matter if you are peter todd who has high respect in in, in bitcoin uh, or is uh, has a very good reputation among bitcoiners it doesn't matter if he says it or someone else you know if you say 
oh, there will be more than 21 million Bitcoin, you will get la- laughed out of the room and uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and call the shitcoiner, of course, and, uh, and all these things. So uh, first of all, this is not a solution. Like Bitcoin will never, never pass any, anything like this. Uh, we have seen uh, the attempt to increase the block size. Uh, I would not be against increasing the block size, by the way. I think uh, at least temporarily it's, uh, it's quite a nice solution and uh, Bitcoin can sustain um, bigger blocks, uh, you know, the, you need quite a, quite a powerful hardware to run a node anyway these days. So I don't see this uh, as a problem. Uh, but uh, also, you will be laughed out of the room if you suggest that Bitcoin should 10x the block size or something like that. So we have to look at uh, other solution, uh, other solutions. One of them that I proposed uh, a while ago um, is using uh, side chains uh, for smaller channels. Uh, so uh, I have written a quite uh, extensive blog about this. Uh, I've been trying to spread it and every time when when fees came up, uh, I would just paste the link to the blog and uh, no one was paying attention. Uh, and right now, actually three days, uh, people have been sending each other and tweeting uh, links to the blog uh, quite more and the developers started to pay attention. So. The thing is that uh, the Lightning Network is for passing uh, Bitcoin around, but it doesn't mean, it doesn't necessarily need on-chain backing for all the coins. Uh, So one of the things uh, we can do is called a hosted channel. So you can say, okay, we can have a channel among you and me. So it's uh, channel, URI and DAC. And um, uh, in this channel, we will not bag it by real Bitcoin. We will just create, a, let's say, a paper ledger of uh, who uh, has what part of the channel. And you can use this channel even for routing payments. So it's a, it's a, uh, it's a like functioning channel that can be used for everything that uh, uh, the Lightning can be used for. So for example, if, if we trust each other, I can pay uh, whatever for uh, for a ticket to Monerotopia if it supported Lightning through the channel I have with you without any backing, without any on-chain backing. And when I meet you, you will see, okay, our ledger says that you owe me this much and I will, I will pay you. So this is possible. Uh, it doesn't uh, affect the trust assumptions in the network in any way. The only thing, uh, so if we too have to trust each other, it doesn't matter, matter uh, that the merchant, uh, if, if, uh, if the merchant trusts us. Because the channel between you and the merchant, for example, is fully backed. So, so if I pay through you and then then I you know default, <laughs> uh, and I I don't pay you back, uh, it doesn't matter that that the merchant is not paid. Only we are not paid. So this is a hosted channel. You can do it right now. It's one of the ways how you can do custodial uh, lightning. 
Um, and now what you can do is you can say, okay, so we have this other chain. Uh, I propose to start using Liquid because it is compatible with Bitcoin and it has a lightning daemon. And I, I can say, okay, I have just 10 bucks. I want just to try this lightning network thing. Uh, I cannot pay 40 bucks for opening a channel on chain, on, on Bitcoin chain. Uh, but I don't want a fully custodial ch channel either. So what I can do is I can open this super small channel for 10 bucks on Liquid. And there is a bridge which no one has to trust between the Liquid network and the Bitcoin part of the network. So now I can pay any merchant in the Lightning network, doesn't matter what uh, uh, what um, uh, chain their channels are on and i can just use it as lightning it's um, uh, it's basically uh, uh, i i like to compare the lightning network to the internet or make make an analogy so for example um, if uh, the current lightning network backed by bitcoin is made of fiber optic cables and i connect uh, to the network through a starlink satellite I use a different type of connection, but I only co connect to the next node and the server will still receive the money through the original channel, uh, through the fiber optic cable. So everyone makes connections, makes channels the way they see fit, uh, you know, cheap or, uh, or secure. Uh, you can also do things like, okay, if the channel is up to 500 bucks, I will open it on liquid. Uh, when the value of the channel uh, becomes more than 500 bucks, I will just send it over to myself and open a real Bitcoin channel. So what is interesting about this Lightning Network is that uh, it uses Bitcoin as a unit of account, but it doesn't have, like all the channels don't have to be, be backed on chain. So this is one of the ways how you can scale it. Um, another interesting ways how you can scale it is uh, using these eCash systems like uh, Cashew or Fedimint, uh, which are well integrated with Lightning Network. Um, what is nice about them is they have full anonymity, so uh, very, very good privacy. Um, uh, or as Phil Zimmerman would say, <laughs> privacy. Uh, so I, I think what we will see, and I'm not saying, you know, this is the best solution in the world and it cannot be sold in a better way. But what I think we'll see is we will explore these new options, how to expand the Lightning Network without necessarily needing to create uh, transactions on chain. There's one more way that I will mention uh, how you can do it. Uh, it's called Channel Factories, and Channel Factory is a way to open many channels with single uh, on-chain transaction. It would be very expensive to close, so you would there's the, the game theory there would be a little bit different because you would um, uh, like if you if you want to close the channel to prevent cheating. You would need to pay a lot in fees, but but that's another option. That you would say, okay, um, you know, uh, what's what's the what's the term? 
new coiners, <laughs> um, new Bitcoin users uh, coming to the network uh, today. They will all open, they will all wait, coordinate and open one channel and there will be one on-chain transaction for 20th December 2023, which is when we record this. Uh, so this is another way you can you can kind of combine all the channels. This is not done um, right now, but that's that's another option. So what I see uh, coming over the next um, next few uh, years is uh, more custodial wallets. Unfortunately, I'm not saying this is a good solution, but that's what we see people doing using things like Wallet of Satoshi. Um, or Albi or something like that, uh, but Albi also al allows to be self-custodial, but uh, in the in the basic account. So custodial solutions, um, eCash-based systems such as Cashew and Fedimint. Um, I hope that there will be these side chains uh, that will grow the Lightning Network. It will not be a separate uh, Lightning Network. Uh, such such as liquid, I think this is the easiest thing to do because all the building blocks are already there. There is lightning on liquid. Uh, there is a way to do the bridge, uh, and the only thing you need to do is the user facing wallet uh, should support both backends, and and there should be lightning service providers. Um, hopefully, there will be channel factories, and hopefully. Uh, there will be uh, a less uh, fee-intensive uh, uh, channels that use Taproot and other upgrades, which still didn't happen. So there are things to make Lightning much better, and uh, and they will be, you know, um, the old Lightning network will be priced out, and it was supposed to be happen. So uh, it was supposed to happen. So so. Uh, we will need to try these new solutions. So, is Lightning as it as it currently exists? Is it is it is it failing as it currently exists? Uh, I don't think so because you have options. So, for example, I've been doing all my Christmas shopping <laughs> uh, with Lightning, uh, but I had my channels open, you know, for months. So. As I say, friends don't close channels to each other. <laughs> so, so I still have the channel and I can use it all the time. Um, so I don't think it's failing. Oh, one pretty nice solution is just uh, swapping from Monero. So you can also do that. You know, you can say, okay, um, I use a service uh, that that can uh, pay a Lightning invoice by sending Monero. So, so that's another solution. Um, so I don't think it's failing, but it's definitely not user-friendly for new users right now, unless they want to go custodial. Like if people are recommending, right. oh, use Wallet of Satoshi, they will not even notice that there is a fee problem on, on Bitcoin right now, you know? but then right. they have a bank. So the, yeah, right, these, these custodial solutions, I mean, at, at that point, what what is Bitcoin, right? What is what is the point of somebody using Bitcoin after using it in the in this manner? Does it still have a have a use case? Like what why why even use Bitcoin at that point if you're effectively just using it in a custodial manner? Yes. I would not be 
completely against custodial if there was like a clear upgrade path if if it would say okay you you played with it you tried it you know how to use it but now you have a thousand bucks so it's time mm. to open your own channel so please press this button and you are migrating to non-custodial but right now what you have to do is essentially install a completely different wallet and send it out and most people will not do because they don't understand the difference uh, but if there was a wallet uh, even like phoenix or breeze if they said okay fees are high we will not back these sets you agree that uh, that uh, you trust us up to thousand dollars and when it's more uh either you receive more or the value of bitcoin goes up if if it's more we will open a channel and you will pay a fee that would be kind of like not a perfect solution but i would say okay this is a way to introduce people uh, to bitcoin not scare them away and it's something you can do but uh other otherwise right right now it's like uh like a bank and an expensive self-custodial way so right right yeah it's, it's just crazy to me you know that bitcoiners are worried or traditionally have been worried about people being able to easily run run their own node right uh but yet here we are in a situation where the average person worldwide can't effectively use the Bitcoin network, right? Uh, can't onboard. We're talking about, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of people where, where, you know, perhaps they're making $10 a day, right? So, so like, so somebody like that, um, they never even get to the point where they move away from the non-custodial version because they just would never be able to afford it. So they would just essentially be using fiatized Bitcoin, right? And, at that point, it have have we really solved the original problem that that Satoshi set out to solve? Yeah, yeah, it's a problem. I agree. Yeah. So I guess uh, so. So given what what we spoke about so far, right? We, uh, the these uh censorship issues in the mining network and the, the state of of the lightning network uh fees being super high on bitcoin what do you currently see bitcoin as being what is the what is the value proposition of bitcoin becoming do you still see it being adopted globally as a means for transacting as as a digital cash or Ultimately, does it become something else and something like a Monero or whatever it is provides the use case of digital cash? I don't know. As you know, I like Monero. Uh, so I, I, I'm glad that we have uh, another option and, uh, uh, and we, can, we can use it. On the other hand, uh, mm, Monero is hundred times smaller than Bitcoin. So, mm. uh, if I if I look like, uh, what is the chance of uh, of you know uh, something like Monero becoming like a widely adopted means of payment? I'm not even talking about store uh, um, of value, but let let's say cash uh, and payments and payment network. Um, I, I think uh, we are. Um, 
we are better off uh, trying to solve the situation on Bitcoin as well. Because like, if you talk to a random person on a the street, they, will, they probably have never heard of, uh, of cryptocurrencies. If they prob or maybe they have like from from news, but they don't follow like they they don't understand what it is. Mm -hmm. They have heard about something. They have probably heard about Bitcoin. Heard and about they Bitcoin. have never in their life heard the word Monero. And uh, again, uh, for it's me, until Senator Warren starts talking about it, we need yeah, to ban Monero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just yes. wait for that Streisand effect to kick in. Yes. But she 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 will not get the word right. She will call it call it something else. A, a, a friend's uh, a friend's wife, uh, who is a Taiwanese uh, Chinese, uh, calls it Menolo. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, so um, again, I'm a cypherpunk. I like that something like Monero exists. I have people who I use it with. Uh, the same way I was using PGP to send encrypted emails to my few weirdo friends, and uh, and it worked. But if I wanted to, you know, write an email to a hotel, <laughs> and it came PGP signed and encrypted, they would probably think it's a virus. <laughs> so, so I don't think that uh, that Monero will have a global adoption, but I also think it doesn't have to. Like, I, I think that the state, like if nothing happened in Monero, if it stayed exactly like it is, no more services, like we would just be, you know, using it among a few people, it would be used on dark markets and, uh, you know, few stores that, that like it. And there would be proxy merchants, which there are already in, in many places. I still consider Monero being a success. Uh, for like more mass onboarding, I think we're still better off with Bitcoin because they have a, like people have at least something in their mind. Okay, I don't know what Bitcoin is, but I've heard you know my crazy cousin talk about it or something like that. So so, so there's something to kind kind of uh, hold to and expand the knowledge. So I think Bitcoin is uh, our best chance of uh, onboarding people to better money and uh, better uh, like hard money more private uh, payment system and so on so i think it's the alternative i, I don't think like uh, i'm not a maximalist or anything but if i talk to a complete no coiner i will talk about Bitcoin. I will not even bother them with, you know, there are many coins. If they ask, okay, so what do you like? I will mention Monero because of my values and I um, I like the the community. Uh, I like the, the values. I like the cypherpunk and, or even lunar punk ethos. So there are many things to admire, many ways how you can use Monero right now. Uh, but for complete no-coiners, I would just tell them, okay, there is this thing called Bitcoin. You need to hold your own keys. It's the alternative. Fiat is failing and, you know, save yourself and get some. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, as you, uh, like, 
um, after after the uh, it's a maybe not a not the best metaphor but uh when uh, uh, when uh, the um when the us froze the assets of the russian central bank uh many countries uh who are who hold us dollar reserves they were like oh okay what is happening you know china okay you can just freeze our money <laughs> uh it's it's kind of a problem and they, they started thinking okay so this is a problem we need to uh kind of if not replace but start using something else as a global reserve currency but what is the problem there is nothing else in the fiat world that is as good as us dollar and the us dollar is not that good but euro and yuan or renminbi and uh, yen and uh, all all these coins they're just 10 times worse you know <laughs> so so yes there is a problem with usd you know uh, i not only me as a person but even states realize okay my account can be just frozen and i'm taking a huge risk with this uh, usd thing but i don't have any realistic option so with bitcoin i think it's the same i i, I say okay bitcoin has high fee problems uh, there are many problems with privacy and so on but it's the best thing uh, the best parallel uh, financial system best options that we have right now unless you are a cypherpunk and geek and like to synchronize your wallets and <laughs> play with uh, play with these technologies or unless you are buying or dealing drugs on dark markets and all these other uh, interesting things but the difference, so, the difference is the the um other options do it like monero does exist as another option and and it's getting to the point where it's it's easy it's easier to use monero than bitcoin if you're using it for digital cash right if you're using it for spending um and built into it is privacy uh transactions are super cheap so yes I, I don't no. know like, when yes people no. go to start to to use these things that's when the realization will happen yes and no uh the thing is that people are not using it that much so i said i was doing a lot of my christmas shopping uh and you know the biggest uh, local amazon like uh, service which is called alza takes lightning takes uh, mm -hmm. bitcoin takes litecoin doesn't take monero uh there's a um, in prague uh, i don't know if it was when you attended monerocon uh already but there's a uh, there's a service called qrco uh, like from the qr code uh, which is a way to for restaurants to offer ordering and paying for food so so you see you scan a, a qr code at the table you order and you can pay directly there and you can pay with lightning but not monero <laughs> so so yes uh, technically you know wallets are super user friendly but the atm will not sell you monero the merchant will not take it so so i think the network effect is a huge part of the user experience and that is not there on the other hand on the dark markets they will not take bitcoin right now <laughs> uh, i have read that some dark market i, I don't know i, I have not used the dark market for a very long time 
but I've read that uh, some are delisting Bitcoin not from for privacy reasons but for fee reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, so so that is, that is happening. But I I think the infrastructure like the acceptance and the network effects. Uh, are a huge part uh, of the user experience, but even this can be improved. So uh, recently, a few days ago, Cake Wallet was uh, asking uh, what should they do to improve the user experience, uh, and I told them I have it uh, in my book. You know, I have a I have a chapter in cryptocurrencies hack your way to a better life about my vision for a very good wallet. And one of the things I would like to see in every wallet, not only in Cake, is I scan a QR code, any QR code, and they will make uh, the payment happen. So if I scan a Lightning QR code with Cake wallet, mm -hmm. I want to pay it. You know, they can swap it right. on the background. I don't, I don't care. You know, I, preferably it would work even with fiat. You know, in many countries. You have all these, you know, WeChat or or different kinds of like I was in Thailand recently. They have like their local network. I just want to scan the QR code and click send, you know. And if uh, if you know it sends a Monero transaction and it's you know um, swapped Swap. in the background or whatever, I don't care. That would be a great user experience. And and then you know, okay, I suddenly got uh, access to the whole uh, network of um, of merchants that accept whatever whatever they coin you know i don't <laughs> i don't care about their religion if they want you know pink shells or whatever argentinian pesos or whatever i don't care you know i i'm at the counter i ordered coffee and i want to pay it you know and mm -hmm. i have this wallet and the first wallet that allows me to do this uh, is going to have a have a I think a huge traction and and literally the best user experience. So at this point, I don't don't think it's that much about technology. And by the way, credit cards do this. You know, you 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 went to Czech Republic. Probably you take a credit card, you tap it somewhere, and whatever U.S. dollars to Czech crowns. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, um, would be amazing to see cake to see cake uh, come out. Let's something like that. That, that that's a great point uh they just they just added i don't know if you saw they just added uh an exchange uh dfx so there's now you can buy monero essentially in europe kyc free with with fiat um i wasn't even familiar with this do you, do you know dfx swiss no i don't your seamless gateway between fiat and bitcoin or crypto so that's but been it's it's a it's not anonymous payment probably because the fiat network will provide them with your name and uh, something but it's yeah, you, don't, a, you don't have to dance with the passport and <laughs> everything so that's that's nice mm -hmm. um yeah i think i think they were saying though it's it's kyc free up to a thousand dollars or something but yes that probably means they don't do kyc but the credit card payment or apple pay or what uh, google pay that is happening on the background right will, they know you're, right, right. will, will give them uh, your identity i'm a, i'm a merchant uh, as well i also accept credit cards for for my book 
and I see it, you know, everyone is uh, super anonymous. They send it to a, you know, a fake name or something. And then I look at the account movements uh, <laughs> in my company accounting and I, and I see everything. So, yeah, so, but, but, but it's very user-friendly if you don't have, you know, to take a selfie with the passport and send it to them. So oh, yeah. definitely an improvement. Yeah. So. So it's amazing. I, I I like what they're doing. Okay. So yeah, yeah. They and they, they they keep iterating. They keep improving. They keep adding features. Uh, Vic, Vic do, doesn't stop. You know, I love that. Um, yeah. so just kind of kind of back to the question. So so you do see Bitcoin then still maintaining its value proposition as a as a digital cash network just perhaps not as originally envisioned. Um, so yes. well, people, Lightning people... was not originally envisioned either. So <laughs> yes. no, even, uh, even if it's people using custodial, custodial Lightning, um, you see that, that, that gaining traction and it being globally adopted and people are using Bitcoin in that fashion to make transactions daily. I think so. And I would not be too opposed if I can make a choice, even if I have to pay for it, you know, if I can say, okay, you do your custodial thing, but if you pay me, I want real Bitcoin. I don't want, uh, a, you know, a ledger entry with wallet of Satoshi. Uh, if, if it's interoperable in such a way that I can decide for myself, um, I would say uh, it's still like, if you can, pay uh, to be self-custodial it doesn't have to be free then uh then i think uh i think it's still kind of yeah i think it's still uh holding to the or uh fulfilling the original value proposition now, now the, the the crypto anarchist in you which is all of you, I'd say, from what I gather of you. Um, do you do you potentially take issue with it? I mean, do you see it as not fulfilling that aspect of its value proposition, or does it still function as, you know, fuck you money that the state can't control, surveil, or censor, right? Because ultimately, if you get to the point where, yes, the whole world is using Bitcoin, but they're using it in a manner that's essentially fiatized, um, are, do we do we need to should we then be fighting for something like a Monero to be globally adopted? I know you're saying you don't likely see that happening. It might be more niche, but the, the crypto anarchist in you wouldn't you want to fight to see adoption of that? Just like you did in the early days of Bitcoin, right? When Bitcoin was mm -hmm. nothing, and we we had the dollar, and the dollar was was working quote unquote fine. Why did we need to go out of our way to 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 get the world to try to adopt Bitcoin? Because the v vision was once once it happened, it would be this thing that's detached from the state. It would slowly reduce the power of the state over time. Is that a is that a problem with Bitcoin? Does that aspect of Bitcoin start to fall apart? I think uh, even uh, even if the for majority of people, it would become this kind of fiatized uh, custodial thing. Uh, I'm not 
that interested in the majority. So uh, crypto anarchy is not a not a like a philosophy that should be adopted by everyone. It says okay, if you want to opt out, if you want to live in a certain way, you have the technology. <laughs> yes, <laughs> nice T-shirt. Um, if you have the technological uh, options to do, to do that, then it's okay. You know, it's not a it's not a strategy. Uh, such as uh, I would say anarcho-capitalism or agorism um, to kind of uh, create this uh, uh, this worldwide revolution for everyone. I think if it gives me the option to use it the way I want, uh, and this option includes sufficient enough network, then I'm okay with it. So as I said. Even if Monero didn't change the bit, if there was not any like, if there were no new merchants coming into Monero, that the development would just stop. Everyone would chill out, and just the miners would mine blocks, and it will operate uh, as it currently does. I think it is a useful tool for a crypto anarchist. I think the same about Bitcoin. I'm like. Everyone is awaiting, you know, people are coming because of the ETFs and, you know, there will be, Bitcoin will be worth 10x and so on. I say, if nothing happened, if like Bitcoin stayed the same as it is right now, I think it is already a super useful tool for uh, increasing your liberty and having a way out of the of the fiat system, of the dollar system. So... It's up to people, you know, if the people want to use it the way they use fiat and if they don't value the self-custodial and hard money properties and and privacy properties, let's say, uh, then it's their choice. I don't want to force anyone to do anything. So, so you know, I'm not uh, like many Bitcoiners uh, are part of the, you know, worldwide revolution and hyper Bitcoinization and all these things. I think that's not necessary. I I think if it's useful for us uh, and if people who uh, it might be useful for if they can come in one way or another, uh, then then it's okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be worried. All right. You're uh, right, Matt. Thank you so much. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You had something else to say? Uh, just, it's just that uh, it's uh, like many people, when they uh, hear the the word or phrase crypto anarchist, they think it's, uh, it's, it's negative. You know, you need to hide the encryption and everything. And anarchy, of course, is very dangerous and so on and i see it the opposite way it's a it's a very positive thing that you have the option yeah, of living a, your life the way you want peaceful and it's peaceful exactly just but leave me alone <laughs> just leave me yeah. alone yeah. yeah yeah and you have to and, and you don't have to convince everyone and and frankly it's not for everyone so do you do you think you know do you think it's it's futile or or um, a waste of energy to like? Obviously, I think I believe we should try to to grow the Monero ecosystem as much as possible because it just it it then brings more value to to the tool, right? So, uh, yeah, you could opt out today, but opting out becomes even 
better for me and for everybody else that has already opt out if more people join that join that camp right yes i agree but I, I that can, doesn't mean I can't go to you know walk go into the city and go into a marijuana shop and buy my marijuana with with the monero transaction directly that's fantastic if i can go and buy my dinner with the monero transaction directly um, you know all, all those things now in, in improve my you know my my freedom and liberty index right exactly it's just uh, i don't believe in uh, kind of pushing people into it you know so i so the, my strategy is yes i want to help well i wrote, wrote a book about <laughs> about cryptocurrency so i'm trying to improve adoption but You're i'm doing your part don't give it yeah of course yes, you are but people have to you know get the book and uh, invest time into reading it so it's not that i would be like you know running around and you know grabbing grandma from the street and telling oh you need to buy bitcoin now you know <laughs> world is going to shit even though i think it's going to like <laughs> i've read a an interesting book called uh, enjoy the decline <laughs> about uh, about how the economy is going to shit and how to enjoy it and uh, <laughs> read. I, i just finished fantastic funny book uh, but uh, yes so, so my strategy is not onboard everyone uh, but onboard onboard anyone who is interested that's mm -hmm. uh, that's my strategy All right, man. We will uh, we will leave it at that. Thank you so much. Thanks for jumping Thank on. Thank you so much for having me again. It's good to yeah. talk to you again. <laughs> I hope uh, I don't know if there's a way, but we're looking to have Monerotopia in Buenos Aires uh, approximately a year from now. Would be amazing wow. to have, have you down there. Yeah. I don't know. We if will that's... see what will happen to Buenos Aires and Argentina <laughs> in a yeah. year. It's it's yeah. pretty wild there. My friend yes. Pavel was just there, and he, yes. he just flew from from Buenos Aires. So, looking forward. I've never been to Argentina, and I always wanted to. And if Ooh, that okay. means even going to Monerotopia, that's uh, another another plus point. So I would definitely try to make it happen. Awesome, man. Yeah, we have. Uh, I think Pavel's going to be jumping on Monerotopia this weekend. I'm going to be. I'm going to be. Wow! Yeah, talking, cool. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right, buddy. We will uh, we will be in touch. Happy happy holidays and enjoy the family happy time. Holidays. Merry Christmas! Yeah, you I see you got your Christmas tree up there. Um, enjoy. I generated it in my Monero spaceship. It's, yes, uh, I figured. My... I figured that that was not a not a real one. I I love your I, Monero. I I completely merged up. I have a Monerotopia cap. I have nice. a Monero, Monero t-shirt and <laughs> and the background, so I'm ready. <laughs> traveling through space and time in your Monero spaceship. Yes, you're right. Thank, thank you so much, man. As I, I, I always greatly enjoy these conversations. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Bye bye. All right, cheers. Hi, Monero Land. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to Monero Talk.Live for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. 
If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in monerotalk.crypto in your monero.com or cake wallet send address field to send us a tip. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to being back next week.